So today we start off with a question. You kind of heard a bit about the theme in the children's message. But it's a question that I often ask in faith formation classes at some point. And when asked, the question often results in hesitation and nervous looks and initially, very few answers. And the question is, are you born again? Are you a born again Christian? And this question is asked to those here and to those online this morning. Are you a born again Christian? Now this might appear to be somewhat of a difficult question simply because we're sometimes confused as to what born again means. In fact, maybe when we're asked this question, we have a certain kind of Christian in our mind. Maybe somebody who's charismatic or more emotional or perhaps somebody whose life is just so terrible and down in the dumps. And then all of a sudden we see this 180 degree turn towards Jesus and we say, well, that person's born again. Well, in today's story, we read about Nicodemus and Jesus having a conversation on being born again. And Nicodemus, who is also a Pharisee and an Old Testament scholar, he's not quite so clear about these New Testament terms that Jesus is teaching. And he, does, he too just doesn't know how to understand and answer the question. So we're going to be reading from John 3, verses 1 to 21. And before we do, let's come to God and pray together. Holy Spirit, you convict us of our sins, and you give us faith to believe. You empower us for works of service in in God's kingdom. And you're so involved in our lives. You open our hearts and minds to the reading of your holy word. And so we ask that you bless the reading, bless the preaching, and the listening, because you are involved in all of this. And may we be receptive and responsive to what you are speaking to us at this time and at this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. John 3, verses 1 to 21. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. And he came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with them. And Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. I mean, surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. Here Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I've spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you speak? How how then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already 
because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will, come, and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly what they have done and has been done in the sight of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I think many people are familiar with the words from the song, Amazing Grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. This verse from John Newton's song, Amazing Grace, expresses what it means to be born again. Well, the story uh, from John 3 involves a conversation with Jesus and Nicodemus on being born again. Nicodemus was a Jew, and he was a well-known teacher, and he was a Pharisee, and, and Pharisees were obedient to the Torah. It was the law of Moses. Pharisees were a group of learned Jews, theologians, and who thought, of a, thought a certain way as to Israel's standing as God's people. Now, of course, the only Bible the Jewish people had at that time was the Old Testament. The New Testament was not yet written. It was only being lived out at the time of this story. The Pharisees were a group of religious teachers that focused on Old Testament traditions and laws. The Pharisees emphasized correct behavior. Understanding God's grace and being born again didn't really have a lot of relevance to them. But was, what was relevant was that they were a Jew. And as a Jew, they had this certain way based on all their laws. They had to behave that way. They had to be good and religious people. And according to their theology, a, as a Jewish good person, you were then able to be saved. And it doesn't matter really what was inside as long as the outside looked good. It didn't matter about having a relationship with Jesus or God, but what mattered is that they were religious. Well, prior to the story in John 3, Jesus was at the temple during the Passover feast. And you can read in chapter 2, particularly verse 23, that there were many miracles that Jesus were performing before the people. And as a religious and good Pharisee, Nicodemus was likely watching Jesus at the temple and watching his actions during the day. And yet, Nicodemus doesn't approach Jesus while at the temple during the day. Instead, as we read in the story, the gospel writer John states that Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. I don't think it's a coincidence that John ends this passage talking about darkness and evil and the light and the truth and how people like the darkness so that they can hide their actions and their behaviors. Well, Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night. He comes to Jesus in the dark when nobody else is around and nobody can see him. Nobody can see his actions. Approaching Jesus would have been, or approaching Jesus during the day rather, would have been awkward for him. His other Pharisees, Pharisee buddies would have seen him, they would have ridiculed him, and there was likely pressure from his religious peers that Nicodemus could possibly lose his standing as a religious leader if he was seen paying attention to this Jesus fella. So Nicodemus could, should then keep things hidden. Stay in the dark. Stay away from the light. Follow Jesus in the dark. Come to Jesus at night. 
There's no risk in proclaiming Jesus when there's nobody around to see you. I wonder how often we meet Jesus in the dark. Or maybe just kind of keep Jesus in the dark. So no one else might see us, let alone see Jesus. But not only is it awkward to approach Jesus, and so Nicodemus says this at night, what is more awkward is that Jesus then begins to talk to Nicodemus about this topic of rebirth. And Jesus states, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Now, put yourself in this position and situation. Nicodemus knew all the laws. He knew how to be religious. And then the Son of God states, that you cannot see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. And basically, he's asking Nicodemus, hey Nick, you born again? With all of Nicodemus' teaching and knowledge, he has difficulty answering this. Well, Nicodemus was a biblical teacher. And when Jesus talks about being born again, Nicodemus then says, well, ask, how can an old person be born again? Surely someone can't enter a second time into into their mother's womb to be born. Now, Nicodemus likely knew enough about biology that even though he did say this to Jesus, he knew that Jesus would obviously not be talking about being physically born again. Rather, this statement from Nicodemus implies that he challenges the fact that we cannot start over again with our physical life. It's doubtful that we can then start over with our spiritual life, let alone that we need to. So what does Jesus mean to be born again? Well, I said this phrase last week, and I say it again this week. And I I love to sum up our Reformed theology in this simple phrase. God initiates, and we respond Out of God's uh, amazing grace, God initiates his saving love and his saving grace to his people. And as his chosen people in a relationship with God, we have the opportunity to respond. God initiates, we respond. God initiates that we are born again through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now the term born again is often given this larger theological term called regeneration. And some of you may have heard that word before, and this week I'm going to be speaking on the word regeneration and and, and as part of the Spirit's work. And next week I'll be speaking on another larger word, sanctification as part of the Spirit's work. So that's happening next week. But they're two different words, two different parts of the journey for believers. Reformed theologian Louis Burkhoff simply explains that regeneration, being born again, regeneration is the act of God by which the principle of new life is implanted into humanity. In other words, regeneration is the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit of granting spiritual life to dead sinners. I once was lost, but now am found was blind, but now I see. And again, referring to the end of the passage that once we were in the darkness, but being born again has brought us now into the light. I once was blind, but now I see. The Holy Spirit has his work cut out for him. The Holy Spirit grants spiritual life to dead sinners. 
Yeah, we were dead sinners, but we heard through the children's message. God's given us a second chance. We don't have to stay as dead sinners. When someone has just physically died, you know, they cannot themselves be brought back to life. They need to be resuscitated by another party. Ephesians 2, we read that we were dead in our sins. We were dead in our sins. We're like that car falling off the track. But then we read in verses 4 to 5, That we were brought back to life by another party. We read these words. But because of God's great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our sins. It is by grace you have been saved. You see, being born again is all on account of God's amazing grace. Being born again is nothing that we contribute to. Being born again is is not a work in which humanity contributes, but it's a work of God alone. Again, it's a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit giving spiritual life to dead sinners, taking people out of the dark and bringing people into the light. And it's all God's initiative. Just as with physical new birth, the infant doesn't deserve the credit, and we'll give credit where credit is due to the moms, right? Similar with being born again spiritually, the credit does not go to the believer. The credit goes where credit is due, to God, to the work of the Holy Spirit. Another task of the Holy Spirit is to breathe spiritual life into dead sinners. The Holy Spirit breathes into us a life-giving spirit, a life-giving spirit that, that, again, turns our hearts and our minds and our eyes towards Jesus. Remember, we've been saying over these past weeks that the task of the Holy Spirit is to point people to Jesus, to point people to the cross. Being born again is nothing that we've done, and it's everything that the Holy Spirit of Jesus has done. Every single believer is born again. And may you also confess, profess that you are a born-again Christian and respond in thanksgiving and gratitude and obedience. When the passage here refers to being born of water and being born of the Spirit, again, it's, it's not talking about two different births. It's not talking about a different topic. Jesus isn't trying to complicate things. Yeah, you... You need to have the Holy Spirit. You need to be baptized. But this verse still refers to the same topic of being born again. One birth. One spiritual birth. As Jesus says that flesh gives birth to flesh, meaning a physical birth means a physical body, and the Spirit gives birth to spirit. A spiritual birth, being reborn, gives birth to a spiritual person. When a physical birth occurs it results in a newborn baby. Now, I'm going to digress here for a little minute. Interesting enough, while preparing this, I didn't think that Michelle and I were going to be grandparents yet this week. So a shout out to our uh, new beautiful granddaughter, Nora. But with Nora, or any newborn, the baby has new life. And, And we see a living person And this baby has a new identity, an identity often given a name. The baby now sees the world also from a whole different perspective. When a spiritual birth occurs, it results in a new person. And this person, like the baby, has a new life. 
This person has a new identity in Christ. This person sees the world from a completely different perspective. Let's go back to that statement that Jesus makes. No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Our faith, our faith doesn't cause regeneration, but regeneration, being born again, causes our faith. So being born again occurs before you receive faith. By being born again by the power of the Holy Spirit, this opens our eyes to the kingdom of God. And when our eyes are open, this gives us faith to then believe. We are born again. We see the kingdom. We see the cross. We see Jesus Christ. We see our sins. And then when we look to Jesus on the cross, we acknowledge our sin. And again, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we, we, we are regenerated people. God has taken us from being a life of being dead to sin and we have been reborn into a life of freedom and the hope and promise of eternal life. And so that's where in verse 16, we said God loves, it said God loves you so much that he sent his one and only son for you. And so when we do see our sins, which aren't always great to look at, well, they'll never look great to look at, we see that Jesus took our sins upon him. Not only has he removed the sins from our lives, but Jesus has become sin for us. As 2 Corinthians 5.21, we read this. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So people of God, the question is before you. Are you born again? And may you answer without hesitation that you are born again by God's grace through the working and power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has spiritually revived you and the Holy Spirit has instilled faith in you. And may you believe in Jesus, that he is your Lord and Savior, that he has removed all your sins. As born-again believers, may you respond in faith. As born-again believers, may you respond in following Jesus and completely committing to Jesus. As born-again believers, may you be sharing what you believe and who you believe in so that other born-again believers can learn to respond as well. You see, God saves people, and our salvation needs to be lived and talked about. Live knowing that you are born again, that Christ has taken your old life and given you new life, that you, that we are people of light, as a believer, you have already been born again through the working and power of the Holy Spirit of Jesus. The Holy Spirit of Jesus has been at work in you. The Holy Spirit of Jesus continues to be at work in you. When Jesus puts that message of grace into you, he also gives you the power and strength of Jesus through his Holy Spirit. And again, next week, we're going to be talking more about that through sanctification. So when we are born again, people, that's just the beginning. Again, it's just like a newborn baby. As a baby develops, the baby is not just simply passive. The child will begin to crawl and walk and then sometimes fall flat on their butt or bang their head on the coffee table. Once we are reborn by the Spirit of God, 
This begins our spiritual journey. A Christian who begins the journey of crawling and walking in faith. And there's going to be mistakes and failed attempts and there's going to be bruises. But as born again, the Holy Spirit continues to work in our hearts, convicting us of our sins and assuring us that all our sins have been forgiven through the body and blood of Jesus Christ. So as born again Christians, we come to the table. We come to the table of the Lord, being reminded of all that God has done for us through his Son. And may the Holy Spirit point our eyes in seeing the kingdom of God and seeing Jesus as we partake in this feast, in this sacrament of the Lord's Supper. Praise God that we are born again. Praise God for the Spirit's work in and among his people. Amen.